Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode continues the discussion of what's going on in the town of Twin Peaks in this episode. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about the mythology because there isn't so much to discuss as there has been so far in season three. So I'm combining uh, what is usually Tuesday's sole subject with uh, overflow from the day before. With the other storylines in Twin Peaks, there's a new development, a new plot line, and this is the hit and run plot. I don't really give Richard his own plot because I think some of his scenes are more to do with the drug stuff. Some of them are, you know, just roadhouse vibe scenes. But really, for the most part, his through line is this hit and run story. But it's not just his story. It's also Miriam's story. It briefly becomes Carl's story, although he has other stuff going on. We're introduced to Miriam, who's a school teacher in the Double R Diner. She's very generous with her tips, and Shelley and Heidi feel like we should, you know, help her out next time she comes in, and just gives a sense of good cheer and good vibes that we kind of know is going to be crushed soon. We meet Richard again as he's driving along in his truck in a fury. We're going to talk about that as part of another storyline, the drug storyline. But the importance of it now is that it's got him in a mood where he wants to kind of prove to himself that he's tough and aggressive and whatever. And so he's driving in this rage, going too fast. Meanwhile, Carl Rod is sitting in a park. He sees a, a mother and her young boy go by and he smiles as they're playing a game where the boy runs out in front and the mother chases him and catches up with him and he runs out in front and so forth. And they're playing this game right out into the street and a trucker you know, not having any idea that somebody would come be coming illegally up on his left, waves the little boy across, and so he runs into the middle of the street, and Richard just rams into him, knocks him over, runs him down, and he's killed instantly. And the mother runs into the street, screaming and crying, and grabs his body, and she's got blood all over her. And meanwhile, Richard is just driving away. It's a total hit and run. And he makes eye contact with Miriam as she stares at him in horror, knowing that he's the one who hit this little boy. He was probably one of her students. The mother's weeping in the street. And Carl comes running out of the park, sees this happening. He witnesses a strange spiritual event, which we'll talk about later. And then he walks over to the woman and he comforts her, puts his hand on her shoulder, and is the only one who can kind of uh, at least share her pain there. Later, we see Richard driving the truck into a grassy area and he's panicking he pours water over the grill and tries to wipe the blood off the first diner scene that we see here or the only diner scene in this episode very bright and warm it makes a big contrast to some of the other uh, color schemes that we see in this episode and it just has that glow there's uh, peter deming the cinematographer has talked about how lynch wanted the both the the sheriff's station and the diner i don't know if he mentions it by name but those are the locations you can see it in he wanted places in twin peaks to have that old twin peaks feel that old kind of glow i get the sense that this was probably supposed to be heidi's introductory scene because in the previous episode we see her pass by very briefly in the background which seems like kind of an ignominious return for this very important character uh, well, very important to Lynch. He has a, such a small part in the series, but he always brings her back time and time again. And I, I have a feeling this was written to be the earlier scene. And actually, I feel that way also because of certain chronological elements. When you look at the overall arc of Richard's story and Becky's story, you realize this scene probably has to come before the one we saw in the previous episode. It feels like this was meant to be our, our hello to Heidi again. It's funny because she's giggling and the Miriam she's talking to is is giggling and you know, they, they look a little bit similar. I remember when I first saw it, I thought, oh, is this her daughter or something? You know, it was kind of funny, but it was really fun to see Heidi again and and see that actress on screen uh, 25 years later. And actually, it's funny. I wrote a character study for that 
that character a few months before the show aired and I got a comment from the actress. I didn't, it said Andrea Hayes was the username. I said, is this Andrea Hayes, the actress who played Heidi? And she said, uh, well, I'm one of many Andrea Hayes in the universe. I also happen to play Heidi. So that was kind of fun. Now, as for the hit and run scene itself, there's a lot to say about that. And honestly, I'm not going to say it here because I don't feel like I had as strong of an impression, positive or negative this time, as I did when I first watched it, where I just had a very mixed kind of response. And I tried to tease that out. But I will say I saw it kind of having like a Roberto Rossellini quality in a way. Uh, which is ironic since the, that director was the father of Isabella Rossellini, who was Lynch's lover for a while, and of course the big star in his film Blue Velvet. But Rossellini would often shoot things in this very blunt, straightforward kind of way that could almost come off as kind of corny or flat in a weird way. And I see that here, especially with the extras and their reactions as they're they're looking at this boy and the music just swelling to that thing Badalamenti does sometimes in Twin Peaks where it's just unashamedly melodramatic, you know? So yeah, it's a, it's a hard scene to parse and I, I dug into that a little more in the, in the piece from last year. The only really random scene we get, it's not even a scene, it's just a shot, is the traffic light swinging in Twin Peaks. And that's not connected to any other larger Twin Peaks scene. It's a cutaway while we're with Dougie Cooper in Las Vegas and it proceeds seeing Mike, the one-armed man in the red room. I'm not sure what to make of that if you have any thoughts on why that's there, uh, bring them to me. I'll, I'll read them on air. We spend hardly any time in the spirit world in this episode. There's one shot in the Red Room where Mike is wandering around with his hand in the air, and then we kind of get a shot of the Red Room that's overlapping with Dougie's living room, where Mike is waving his hand, and that's it for that, and nothing from the Purple World Tower in this episode. So Spirit World is not a huge factor here. As a location, there's a little bit of lodge lore. With the lodge lore, we hear an electric buzz when we see the stoplight, some kind of humming and crackling that uh, indicates some sort of spiritual energy is going on. And when the one-armed man appears to Dougie Cooper in his living room, he's placed over the fireplace, which I find interesting. The last time he was placed over a chair. I think the way that they frame the shots whenever he pops up like that is uh, kind of compelling to look at. And the things he says to Cooper are wake up and don't die, which are certainly interesting to consider going forward. I think the episode was actually called Don't Die on Showtime on when they had to give it an episode title. We see that green sparkle thing that uh, Dougie Cooper saw over Anthony when he said he's lying. Now he sees it on the files themselves, uh, indicating where to make certain marks, and that kind of guides him along. It seems like maybe that has something to do with Mike the One-Armed Man as he pushes his arm like he's sending some kind of energy as hard as he can to Cooper to keep him alive and keep him out of trouble. When the little boy is killed in the street, there is a ball of energy that rises from him and, and ascends into the sky that it seems only Carl can see. We follow his gaze as he looks up at it. For some reason at the time when I watched it, I thought it was green, and my excuse for that is watching it again, there's like a green roof behind it, some trees, which all kind of make it look green, but it is definitely yellow, which may have something to do with Garmin Bosia, the corn that represents the pain and sorrow rising from the boy. I think there's other interpretations you could make too, but I do find it interesting that this glow kind of dissipates at the exact moment it's crossing the electric wires, where it almost seems like they're siphoning off some of the energy. Yes, it's getting smaller because it's going into the distance, but the degree to which it, it dissipates 
to me suggests that maybe some of that energy is going into the electrical wires. And then, of course, we get that shot of the number six pole from Fat Trout Trailer Park in Firewalk with me. And we wonder, how the heck did this pole get all the way from one side of the state to the other? Or is it just a coincidence that there's a pole with the same number on it? And before we close out, I actually want to include a section that uh, when I released this for patrons was part of the earlier discussion of fat trout, but uh, I wanted to put it here at the end because it relates to the passage of time. It's also fairly idiosyncratic because it was recorded in 2018. It's talking about the experience of being a year out from Twin Peaks The Return, and now we're five years out. If you follow my work elsewhere, or maybe on here as well, you know that I'm just fascinated with the passage of time and how an era looks from another era, and then another era after that, and so forth. So I'm just going to include this intact, even though it's obviously a dated conversation about how I felt at that time. And uh, it also makes a good segue into tomorrow's podcast, which is about the current events for the week when this episode aired. It was great to see Harry Dean Stanton again at this time. And it's fascinating to me that this episode aired less than a year ago. I mean, it makes total sense. Here I am celebrating the first anniversary. And yet when I watched it, I was like, wait, I, I saw that film Lucky less than a year ago. I, uh, Harry Dean Stanton died less than a year ago. We were all kind of talking about seeing him on TV in this, at this advanced age that was less than a year ago. That aspect of it just seems like more time has passed in a way. By the way, would recommend Lucky, Harry Dean Stanton's last film, I think. And it's written largely about him and around him as the, as the central character. I remember I heard an interview with the director of that film on Twin Peaks Unwrapped, which I'll link below. It's amazing to me that that was also recent. And that adds to the sense of time passing since this series was on, where as we're revisiting it week to week and kind of remembering it, doesn't it seem like it was... It was longer ago. Sometimes I think it seems like it was very recent. How Wow, it's amazing. It's been a year. And other times it feels like, no, that was almost like a different era. But it kind of felt that way at the time, too. It was. It existed in its own odd sort of space. I mean, this was the first year of the Trump administration. So much stuff was going on that was so much more fast-paced and kind of larger than life and totally stuff that we didn't want to be watching or, or hearing about as opposed to wanting to go back into this Twin Peaks world. And this was like almost a little bubble within that that you could go into and it, it had relations to those larger phenomena, but, but there's something almost delicate about its existence and, and apart from whatever else was going on at the time. Like when you look back on it, it feels like looking back over years on it. I don't know. That's just how it feels to me. That's it for this episode. Please rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts. You can support this work on patreoncom slash lost in the movies. Tomorrow's episode looks at the current events surrounding Part 6, what was going on at this time in 2017 when this episode aired. See you then.